This is the Soul of Sensitivity podcast. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for help from a licensed physician or mental health practitioner. I'm your host, Anna Holden, an intuitive, energy alchemist, Ayurvedic health educator, and yoga teacher, as well as the founder of Sensitivity Uncensored and the Sacred Rebellion. Each week on the podcast, I explore different aspects of living a soulful, sensitive life. I'll bring you stories of other sensitive, creative pioneers, as well as my own thoughts, teachings, and tools. This is not the beginner's guide to sensitivity but rather the place for sensitive souls to gather up their courage and pioneer their way into a life of personal freedom and spiritual sovereignty. Your sensitivity is sacred. Are you ready to live that way? Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. As I said in the intro, I'm Anna Holden, and I am the founder of Sensitivity Uncensored. And Sensitivity Uncensored is a business that recognizes that sensitivity is strength, and high sensitivity is a wonderful gift. And you can find out more about the work that I do at sensitivityuncensored.com. I have quite a library of blog resources. I have freebies if you want to sign up for my weekly sensitive missives. I have online courses for you and I offer a variety of services to help sensitive souls really come into their place and their purpose in the world. This is the first episode of my new podcast, The Soul of Sensitivity. And today we're talking about being a sensitive, creative pioneer. I'm really excited to bring you this podcast because I'm excited to talk about what it means to live a life of sensitivity and spirituality. And as the idea for my own podcast started forming, one of the things that I realized about my work is that I work in the intersection of sensitivity and spirituality. Although I don't or I haven't really talked about it as such. I use spiritual tools um, as well as uh, energy medicine and Ayurvedic and yogic tools, but I really come from sensitivity using spiritual tools. So I work at that intersection. What does it mean to be highly sensitive? What does it mean to live a spiritual life? So that's what this podcast is really going to be about. This is aimed for you if you are a highly sensitive person, if you are interested in embracing and living with your sensitive gifts facing forward, and interested in living from that authentic purpose-driven life as a sensitive person. So today's episode is about sensitive pioneering, which is a subject that really sets up the rest of the series of podcasts. And let me define what I mean when I, ta- when I talk about a sensitive, creative pioneer. This is somebody who is sensitive or highly sensitive. Um, and, and as you know, or you may know by following my work, sensitive people really have an incredible amount of creativity. 
And the way that I see this creativity, at least in my own practice, is creative solutions for the world, whether that's in healing or art or problem solving or organization, um, but a way that they bring something new to the conversation, something that hasn't been done before, putting things together in a new way, and often changing the shape of the industry that they're in. And so when we are highly sensitive and at really living with our sensitive gifts forward, we oftentimes feel like a pioneer, meaning that we feel like we are the first ones doing this thing that we're doing. And oftentimes that's really true. We are the first ones doing this thing that we're doing. Um, and I, I remember when I started my business back in uh, 2013, how I, nobody else that I knew of was putting together intuitive readings, medical intuition, Ayurveda, and yoga. Nobody had done that before. And so there was no script. There was no book. There was no business plan. There was just me. There was just me and my sensitivity and my creativity and my gifts. And I have quite a cohort of sensitive creative friends who are doing really similar things in their own fields or within their organizations. And there's this sense that nobody is standing with them, that nobody is there for them, that they are pioneering. And I think there's, first of all, really kind of a, a need to name this thing, and I'm calling it being a sensitive creative pioneer. Um, and then secondly, to be able to bring sensitive pioneers together in a sort of community. And th this type of community is something that myself and my friend Heidi Frank Palmer and I are creating. And we're creating a group, membership-based group, called the Refuge for Sacred Rebellion, which will be a group where sensitive creative pioneers can come together and be in community and start to co-create the ways that this life is actually lived. Today I'm interviewing Heidi Frank Palmer because she is a sensitive creative pioneer and from our discussions together she was kind of um, surprised to find herself there. <laughs> And came to me saying, you know, I'm, I'm in this new place and I need, I, I've never not had a place. I, I haven't not had a community um, around, around this and I need to create this. So today I'm, I'm welcoming Heidi to the podcast to talk about being a creative uh, pioneer, a sensitive creative pioneer, and to discuss our plans for this um, group that we've opened up. So hi, Heidi, welcome to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, Anna. No problem. So I'm really excited to have you here today, Heidi, because I think that this discussion we're going to have is going to set up not just this wonderful um, membership group that we're going to have, but also kind of selfishly for me, the, the way that this podcast is going to go. So um, first of all, I, you know, I met, I think Heidi and I met about three years ago um, at a networking event, and this was 
um, right after I had kind of started my business and was putting my sensitive gifts out into the world in a way that was very scary for me, actually. Um, I was networking my intuitive <laughs> sessions at a, a women's business networking group, um, which was terrifying, but actually pretty well received, you know, in Seattle, in Seattle, Washington. But this is where I met Heidi, she came up to my table with her big loving eyes and just kind of quietly introduced herself. And Heidi has um, a really interesting background, um, which kind of goes from the business world and accounting um, into massage therapy and now some energy work. So Heidi, do you want to tell us a little bit about your history, about how you um, you know, started living then as a sensitive pioneer and, um, and then anything about how we met that you'd like to add. Yeah, of course. Um, so my journey, um, so first of all, I grew up in Oklahoma and for those of you who have been to the Midwest or Oklahoma is really the middle of the country. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's like, how do you describe Oklahoma? But I remember growing up there and I never felt like I fit in. And everybody loved and accepted me, so I wasn't the black sheep of the family, but I was definitely, I called myself the sparkly unicorn. Mm -hmm. So I've always been on this quest to find these other sparkly, amazing human beings that shared um, interest and wanted to live a life outside of the day-to-day -day or the norm um, of what you see in our society. And so I remember being a good girl, and I was in school, and my parents were like, you know, you know, you should go to, you know, college and, you know, what's your next step? What's your life plan? And I remember sitting there and being like, okay, like, you know, of course, like my parents, they have good advice. I'm going to follow what they say. So I was in, uh, I went to college for three, almost three years. Um, and I studied business and accounting and it was completely out of alignment with who I am as a human being, but numbers and that side of my brain, it's, it's easy, right? Like math is a very, like, you know, you can solve a problem, there's equations, like you can always put something into something and get an answer. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, in, in my life at the moment, it made sense. And so as I started to develop myself, um, as most of you I'm sure can relate to in your early 20s, um, my early 20s for me was like that quest of like, who can, who am I as like my authentic self? Um, and so life interrupted. Um, I was in a car accident when I was 18 and received a mm -hmm. uh, treatment from this amazing woman and she completely shook up my world she was just vibrant and fully self-expressed and she created this life for herself where really in my young adult life that was the first person that I ever met where I was like you can do that like you can, like will you give me permission to create my own life like I've always wanted to have somebody to role model right mm -hmm. and she really set the bar for me and of course going against what your parents believe or what they want and accept of you, um, especially <laughs> in my family, um, it took me some time to really wake up and get that I was not in the right place. And so I remember um, it was a week before my 21st birthday and my oma, my grandmother, um, who is this amazing human being, one of the most selfless people I know, she had this energy about her where it was like, you immediately go up and you just feel like you're melting into her arms, like that warm, nourishing um, beauty that she carried and um i lost her and so i had this moment where i was mm. sitting there watching this wonderful human being like her physical remains like just 
kind of be taken away, but, you know, the essence of her was always around me. And so it was, in a way, I feel like she was like, hey, you need to wake up and do what you, you know, you're meant to do. Because she always gave me permission to be myself and um, to be silly and expressive. And and so I had that with her, but I was like, okay, how do I create this for myself um, on the outside world? So I remember going back to those moments when I met that massage therapist. And so within three weeks, it was that, you know, life altering moment where I was like, okay, if I don't do this now, I have the itch, right? Like, I'm sure most of us can relate to a few periods in our life where we have that one moment where it's like, okay, it's now. (laughs) And you can't go back, right? Like once that door opens, it's like, okay, like I'm moving forward. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I know in my heart it's all going to work out. So I moved from Oklahoma to Washington state and enrolled in massage school like a month later. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but it just felt so right. And it was the first time in my life, um, that I was like, I'm here, like it's all gonna come together. And so I was in massage school and now looking back, massage was really, I would say the door opener to my spiritual path and who I am as a healer and a practitioner in my practice. And, you know, I've been practicing massage therapy for 13 years. And when you spend that much time with a variety of people, I think I have over 15,000 hours of hands-on time, which is wow. crazy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> um, you wonder why I didn't make my bed for the first five years. It's like you change the table so many times you don't want to do laundry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to know people on this level. And what I was realizing for myself was, okay, I've always had a healer's heart and I've always wanted to reach out and um, as I grow, offer those tools and skills that I know for myself to other people um, and always be a contribution in some way. And so as a massage therapist, you know, I'm working with people where um, I did a lot of injury treatment, um, a lot of medical care. And as people were coming in, I noticed like I'm helping you, but depending on how you're living your life, like people go back to whatever it is that they're doing And then they come back and it's like, okay, like what's the missing piece in between? Like, what are you doing at home versus not here? Like, I can't follow you and go home with you and, you know, sleep with you and like wake up and have breakfast with you every day to know what you're doing with your life. Even though I'm sure some people would love to have me over all the time. (laughs) So I started exploring like, okay, like what are the missing pieces? Like what are the elements of being human that I can educate people on? Because over time it became my ethical responsibility to really reach out and share with people like, okay, this is what I see going on for you. Like these are some tools that you could take um, home with you. So that way when we see each other, we're really working together versus me coming in and trying to fix something. And that had been the theme of my life, right? To fix something. And so, yeah. So it yeah. sounds like you were really able to uh, add to, to the practice, your practice of massage therapy through giving people lifestyle tools. And I just think that that's a really beautiful example of, uh, what highly sensitive people are often able to do is kind of see these patterns, be able to kind of see, Oh, like this is what's happening. Um, and here, here is where my knowledge can help fill in the gaps. Beautiful. Completely. Yeah. And so as, uh, yeah, and continuing with my practice, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was helping people with lifestyle elements and then became really knowledgeable in that realm. And people were doing, you know, then I was attracting people that were like, hey, like, this is amazing. Like, I'm getting more than just a massage. Like, you're getting involved in my life. Like, how can we, you know, giving you um, things that you can do at home. And over time, you know, 
it goes back to, you know, you see so many people, um, you kind of see the trends and the patterns that people come back with. And there was always something missing for me. And I was on this search of like, how, like, what is it that's missing that, you know, it kind of started to feel like, okay, like, what can I put into place now? So I put it out there. And then a while later, um, this is when Anna came into my life. <laughs> so Anna doesn't know this, but I actually created her. <laughs> I'm sure she doesn't want me to take responsibility for her life and everything that she does. But I was... No, but I would like to. <laughs> tell more. Tell more. Okay, so, what I, me. <laughs> so what I mean by that is... I'm sure most of you can relate to this. Like you're in this point in your life, you feel like you kind of see the same thing on a daily basis. And it's like, okay, something has to change or shift. And so I put it out there. I was like, all right, universe, like I am ready for that next step. I have no idea what it is. I'm curious for myself because the more, I don't want to call it work because I don't want to imply that there's anything wrong with me, but the more that I develop myself, the more that I can support other people in developing themselves as well. And so I put it out there, kind of forgot about it. I've been trying on a few different things. And then uh, lo and behold, I meet Anna. And <laughs> I don't know, do you want to share how we met? Or or I guess sure. you, yeah. I kind of did, I think. Why you kind of did, yeah. Like <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, it's always, so I, I know that Anna shared her version of how we met. And my version was, I was this, I saw her and she was this huge beam of light. And you know when you're in a room with a bunch of people and you're like, okay, like I can't talk to everyone, but who are those like few people that maybe I can reach out to and make a connection with? She was that person for me. So the other side of it is who she was for me in that moment was this very colorful, vibrant human being. And I was really intimidated to go up and talk to her. And I remember being really shy at the moment. And so I went up and kind of casually introduced myself and I remember her offering free offerings. I stuck my card in and didn't expect much of it. And I was like, okay, like we'll meet again in a month and maybe I'll have the courage to talk to her then. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny looking back and how things uh-huh, are. It really, really is. Yeah. Um, and so then Heidi mm-hmm. won that drawing and okay. was able to come to me for a free session. And I absolutely adored uh, working with her because she has such a vibrant energy. And this is, this is why I really love working with highly sensitive people is that, you know, uh, first of all, you kind of get it, you know, intuitive energy work. It, a lot of times kind of like Heidi's describing, it can feel like the missing piece because it helps to validate this very rich inner life that you can feel like nobody else understands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, and, and the other reason I really loved working with Heidi is that, uh, I mean, not only was um, she really just open and fun to work with, but was also really dedicated to her spiritual development moving forward. And, you know, I don't have uh, judgment on how willing you are to develop yourself, nothing like that, but it can make it really fun. It can make a really fun relationship when um, the recommendations coming through from spirit are being, you know, grabbed a hold of by um, the client in front of you and and running with that because things start to happen really, really quickly. Um, And and that was kind of my experience with Heidi. I was just like, oh my gosh, this woman is going to just be a 
you know, just a beam of healing light, which is exactly what happened, which was fantastic. Um, and, and Heidi is doing, I mean, she's like, she explained, she's been doing massage therapy and like, oh my God, she's such a good massage therapist. She's so good. Um, doing lifestyle coaching. Um, but you're starting to incorporate some energy work now. So do you want to tell us a bit about how your work is evolving and particularly how this evolution is kind of shifting you into this mode of, uh, being a sensitive, creative pioneer? Oh, no pressure. No, (laughs) 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 you know, it's, it was, it was a missing piece for me. And what I noticed in my practice is as I developed myself and really built that trust within, it's like, we all have everything we need inside of us, but it gets dimmed or kind of the light gets turned down a little bit based off circumstances, you know, stories that we tell ourselves or whatever it may be. And it was like, I learned how through working with you, how to turn the light back on and how that impacted my practice was when you see such a huge shift in somebody, my clients were like, what are you doing? Like, I want to know more about that. And the thing that I offer, I feel like that sets me apart from the rest of massage therapists. Cause I mean, in Seattle, Washington, we're in such a progressive state that, I mean, you can go down the street and there's probably three massage clinics, like, which is so amazing. Like that we're wanting to pay attention to our self care and how we treat our bodies. But the thing that I was offering to my clients that was different from everybody else and still do is when you're sitting in a session, we would really look at, you know, the subtle realm, the lifestyle realm, the physical realm, and create something that was tailored toward the, towards that individual. So when somebody comes in my room, it's like, I now can see, not necessarily through my eyes, but I can see the whole picture now. And so what that offered was the opportunity to work with people in a way that they got a deeper level of nourishment and they got connected to their bodies because, you know, being a healer, one thing that you notice is a lot of patterns of people, but when you're living that life, sometimes we don't even see our own blind spots, right? Like we need somebody to help us or teach us. And so what I have incorporated is this opportunity to help share with other people and ask them questions so they can see the patterns that are unraveling within them without me having to tell them. Mm -hmm. And so energy has been this amazing tool where, you know, we can start healing on a much deeper level and then support the physical body as it's going through the journey. Um, Cause I know that our, our energy body sometimes moves so much faster and then physical bodies like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. I need you a know, moment to catch up. Yeah. And I, I want to ask you a question about something you said there, you know, before you were talking about, you know, three years ago, you were really shy and now you're talking about in your sessions being able to incorporate this whole other layer of your work that I imagine felt kind of scary to incorporate because of its, um, you know, kind of subtle origins or kind of woo-woo sense. So how, how did that, I, I get asked this a lot, how did you develop that courage, you know, to, to trust yourself in these these new patterns that you were noticing in your clients that's a really good question um i know i mean this might not uh fit for everyone but that logical side of my brain like the accountant side of me wants to crunch the numbers and have it you know equal this equation to so that way i can say like hey like x y and z equals this Mm -hmm. and when you're sharing something like that it's on such an intimate level that 
not everybody can go there. But what I've come up with is, you know, through my own experience and also getting to the point of being that vulnerable where I'm open to sharing my own experiences, um, it's caused an interest in my clients to want to get into that conversation. And I'm finding that more and more of everyone is open to looking at the other pieces of them. Does that make sense? That are connected with us all the time. So what it sounds like I'm hearing is that you were somehow just able to be more vulnerable with your clients and curious, um, which also piqued their curiosity. Is that kind of what... It was, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. so that's, that's interesting. I guess what, I'm, what I'd like to hear even more about is how did you, you know, as that shy, sensitive person, allow yourself that level of vulnerability? Was there, was there um, an experience or, you know, something that said, like, we just have to do this even though it's scary, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Going back to when we first started working together, I remember when I had my first session with you and to have somebody kind of see the insides and thoughts and the energy around like what I was experiencing on a daily basis, that somebody could see that without me sharing that with them. I was really taken back and surprised by it. And what I learned through our work together, especially one-on-one was really who I was and how many hats that I was wearing. Like, I know that as a highly sensitive person, like I would kind of compartmentalize my life. Like I can show up this way around this person, this way, just to keep the comfort and like Mm. the zone safe. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed after our work, when all was said and done, it was, it was harder to go back to that way of being than it was just to own every piece of me. And the moment that I could take ownership for who I am as a person, sharing those things was like, hey, like, if I can have this level of freedom, like, I I don't even care what I look like anymore, like, if it looks bad, or if I'm sad, or a hot mess, or whatever it may be, it's like, this is so important that I need you to know this, so it was really getting to a level where I could really put my stuff aside, and then be there for that other person in a whole new way, which really gave me permission to be that vulnerable with people, and through my experience, because they could see it on the outside, even though, you know, metaphysically energy is something that, you know, we can't necessarily see like the hand moving over our face, mm-hmm. but they could feel the shift inside of me. And when, and that really instilled the trust in them, like, oh, if Heidi is going through this, like she wouldn't put me through anything that she wouldn't, you know, do mm-hmm. for herself. And so it really just came, became this natural conversation to have with my clients um, and taking them in their, their next level of healing. That is just so beautiful and, and kind of what that what stands out for me and what you just said was as I had more personal freedom, as I cleared out the patterns that had kept me small and was able to have more of my own personal freedom, I was able to share that with my clients and, and, and probably because you had that really long-term, you know, trusting relationship with your clients too. But that's just really beautiful. I think that speaks a lot to, you know, really what I think both of us are trying to do in our work, which is help sensitive people become more free because, you know, as you, as you kind of touched on earlier, as highly sensitive people, we just, 
we are so attuned to all of the ways that other people need us. We are so attuned to the way that we should be and should act. And, you know, I really resonated with what you said about, you know, I need to to be like this with this person and be like this with this person. And I really found, I mean, that's such a familiar story to me. And even when I first opened my business, I found myself doing that. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to live that way. And it wasn't until I was coming home at the end of the day, just going, I am so tired from all of these personas that I said this, you know, this just has to change. There's no point in creating all these personas when I am just me. Yeah. So, so making the way for that personal freedom. That's really, really great. So, so then as you moved forward in your work and, and, and in your life personally, you, you kind of came to this place that I'm I'm describing as the, the sensitive creative pioneer. So can you tell me a bit about either the moment or the time frame when you realized you were there and like what was going on inside of you? Frustration. <laughs> <laughs> um, I <laughs> you might notice a theme within my sharing that, you know, I was on my path and not necessarily doing or being the activities that were in alignment with who I am. Such therapy came around lifestyle tools and energy work. And, and then I reached this place again where I was like, okay, like I'm working with clients. They love this new work. We're reaching like whole new levels of healing, which is so beautiful. And I remember thinking like every day that I would sit down and meditate, I would have this intuitive hit to okay, like, are you ready for the next step? Like, it's, you need to step up and put your big girl panties on and, you know, really branch out and share this um, and bring more community. Like, I kept feeling this sense of community. Like, I need to reach out to more people. This needs to go beyond just the one-on-one -on -one session that I was having um, with my clients and my practice. And what is that going to look like? And I was, I remember Googling, as most of us do, like, when we can't find an answer, like, we sit there and we'll explore and I was researching like, okay, like what are other people doing? Or, you know, I do this, this, and this, and trying to find somebody that had a website or somebody that had a group or something that they put together that was in the direction and complemented all the things that I was up to and nothing existed. And I remember coming in to see you once and I was like, I don't, like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm in this frustrated point in my life where I'm like, I'm so ready and craving that next step. And how do you create something from nothing and give yourself permission to say like, this can exist in the world when nobody's put it out there and you're taking things from different, like my massage therapy background, you know, my health and wellness background, my energy background and make it cohesive in a way that it all flows together and that I can reach out to a, a bigger audience because it reached the level that clients were having such a, a huge success with this it's like, okay, Heidi, it's, it's not about you anymore. Like, how can you get out there and give this information um, on a much larger scale? Mm, that's, yeah, that's wonderful. And I, re I remember when you um, came to me, I think I was toward the end of my pregnancy, right before I took maternity leave. And you were kind of saying like, yeah, and like in this place, you know, exactly what you described. And on the inside, it was kind of like, woohoo, 
like she made it. She's a pioneer now. Like, doo -doo -doo -doo. Um, and I was like, but, you know, I totally kept a straight face and nodded along to what you were saying. And then was like, well, I'm going to have a baby. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that group, you know. <laughs> well, and, and it wasn't just as flippant as that. Um, for those of you who've been around me at all, you know, I, I can be a little bit sarcastic sometimes. But um, but but I really took that to heart, and and I and I think that for a while there, I was kind of stuck in the same dilemma as Heidi, because, um, well, as you, Heidi, because I had tried to create groups before, and I'd found that trying to group sensitive people together was like, you know, herding cats or something. I wasn't quite um, adept at knowing how to do this, um, but I am adept at working with highly sensitive people. And so I think it was um, after I'd had my baby and I'd come back from maternity leave and I was in this um, just not a great place, a little bit, a little bit down, um, kind of struggling with what would come next in my business because I'd kind of just been in maintenance mode, you know, through the maternity leave. And I, I will just, I will just never forget the day you know, Heidi had called me. I said, okay, I'm ready to start talking with you. I have some ideas. I need to just come and tell you my ideas. And I said, okay. And she showed up at my door and came into my little home office and without further ado, basically said, Anna, you need to get your shit together because I am ready for the next step and you are the person who's going to give it to me. And I think I just kind of sat there stunned for a little while and then just kind of nodded and was like, well, okay then. I think that's the thing that I'm going to do. And so <laughs> this, really, this really great kind of kick in the pants that I needed. And it was so um, kind of fun and ironic to get it from a student too. And that's when, you know, I really, it really hit me that like, you know, we, you know, Heidi's, you know, not that she hadn't arrived in any other sense, but like she was, she was there. She was at the level where we could play together now in this kind of energy realm she's become an incredible energy healer and reader and uh, is just amazing and so it kind of became okay how do we play together now how do we play together in this space and so for the next several months we just kind of got together and had conversations about the things that we struggled with as sensitive creatives and you know discussed a little bit about how do we create a group around this but really discussed the loneliness that we feel as um, being a sensitive creative, the um, frustration about how do, well, and, and the frustration, but also the perplexity about how do we create this, this new thing? And, and something that I hear from, from Heidi and from other sensitive creatives is, do you think I can pull this off? Like, does this even work? I want to combine these things that don't make sense and they make sense in some wordless place within me, but I do not know how to coherently string them together. And, and this is where that pioneering, I see that pioneering coming through time after time after time where sensitive creative describes to me, my work incorporates these things that seem disconnected but they are connected for me inherently and I need to, to offer them. And I don't know how to do that in a way that fits within the boundaries of like this patriarchal capitalistic, um, 
densely created um, rather than sensitively or subtly created culture. So Heidi and I talked about that for a little while. And, and Heidi, what would you add to that list of kind of the struggles um, being sensitive, creative pioneer? That is a really good question. Um, you said it so beautifully. And the only other thing that I would add that was there for me was, okay, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about all these things. And, and you said it so beautifully. It's like, how do you take what's inside of you and put it on paper in a tangible way that people are like, oh, I want to be a part of that. Mm. And, and it was funny because I remember going back to like when we had our one-on-one -on -one sessions, I did um, at the time it was called sensitive self-defense. And it was like the basic beginner tools of like understanding your own energy, like getting into that space. And, and I remember asking Anna, like, okay, like, where are you at? And I want to level up, like, okay, like Anna does these tools. Like I'm going to do these tools. Okay. What's next? Then it was sensitive self-intelligence. And I remember going through these courses with her and I could see this whole other world that was possible um, that led me to take these tools on in my practice. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I'm like, okay, what's next? So she's like, you can do what I do. And, you know, we did, um, an apprenticeship together where I worked with her one-on-one -on -one and um, she's teaching me how to embody this as a practitioner. And I remember sitting there and I was like, okay, what's next? And, and I'm sharing all this to say that you have been that person for me that has given me permission as a pioneer. Cause it's like, until we seek out those people to look up to, maybe they don't do the exact same thing, or maybe they're not in the same field, but it's like, who is in your life that you can look at and say like, oh, they did it, and they're giving me permission to do the same. And so when I, I remember having, when you were pregnant in a way, I always have these funny moments, and I tell Anna later, where I'm like, I have dreams about you. <laughs> we have these beautiful conversations. You weren't a part of them, but I know exactly what's happening next, and here's, I'm filling you in on the conversations that I've been having with you um, while we haven't talked in the last few months. And so I remember as <laughs> when we were sitting there together, I was like, I don't know what it's exactly going to look like, but we're going to work together and I'm supposed to help you. And, you know, I would say we probably have been collectively over the last year working on this ourselves and coming up with the structure and the format and how we as um, a team are going to work together and bring this out into the world. Mm -hmm. And I remember having that moment of like, oh, like out of everyone else, like who do I want to, how do I share this? It's like, as we're developing all this, it just became clearer and clearer that, you know, part of what everybody wanted to experience was what I was experiencing. So it kind of was like, I hope this is coming up clear, like who you are for me, Anna, was that person that leveled up. And I realized I was becoming that from other people. Mm -hmm. And I remember you saying in one of your letters, I went through some of our old material as I was, you know, looking and searching and Googling. And I remember you stating that you wanted to reach, have these tools reach a million people in 2017. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, like, how is somebody going to do that? Not to say that you couldn't do that alone, but, like, I'm supposed to help. It was like that aha moment where I was like, oh, I'm supposed to help with this. And so mm -hmm. it, it led into other conversations. Um, but really it was the permission, like, giving myself permission to, to mm -hmm. go to that next level and unashamedly, like, owning that space because nobody else is going to do it for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so wonderful. And I think that that's, that's a really big 
part of what's kept me going is searching out other sensitive pioneers also. Um, and thank you for those really kind words of um, being that one for you. That's, that's really lovely to hear. Um, and yeah, and so for me, it's been since finding, and I have a couple of friends who are in this position and then, you know, just looking for other like entrepreneurs who I can kind of Instagram stalk. <laughs> for the ways that they're doing things. And so part of what I'm hoping to do um, on this podcast too is interview a lot more people so that there's more resources. But let's talk for a minute about the specifics about this group that Heidi and I are creating. So again, it's called the Refuge for Sacred Rebellion. And and it's, it's kind of like a, a spiritual call or wake up call for highly sensitive people. And what I, what I love about the idea of a refuge um, is that it's a place where we can be safe to be highly sensitive and where we can have a safe place to pioneer because we really are doing this for the first time. You know, we really are doing new and different things in the world. Um, and for the first time, I think we have enough of our culture saying, yeah, you know, empathy is like a thing. We should probably, we should probably have empathy. Like that would be good, you know? And, and, and what is sensitivity, <laughs> you know, other than the, the ability to be hyper empathic, to really understand empathy. And so for the first time, I feel like th there's enough momentum behind, behind understanding sensitivity and empathy that we can really hold this space. So the refuge is a safe space. And I'm call we're also calling it the sacred rebellion because a really big part of allowing yourself to step into your sensitive gifts is to embrace this idea that your sensitivity and all the parts of you are sacred. And it's about starting to treat yourself and your truths as the sacred things that they are, rather than living kind of recklessly or oh, kind of in a detached way, the sacred rebellion is about actively doing the opposite of what our culture tells you to do. Our culture tells you that you should be this, you should be that, that you are a consumer, that you are ordinary, that you should be normal. And the sacred rebellion is about saying, my life is too sacred for that bullshit. And instead, I'm going to make every element of myself sacred. And in doing so, rebelling against the programs, the patterns, the rules that have kept us small and, and feeling insignificant. So the Refuge for Sacred Rebellion is a monthly membership group. It's $19 a month, which is a really great deal for what it includes. So included within that membership are monthly video calls where Heidi and I are discussing, teaching, um, or interviewing someone about different aspects of sensitivity and how we live as these sensitive creatives, how we pioneer moving forward. That's the first thing you get, and that includes like discussion, your input, you are part of 
this group. Heidi and I are kind of like guides, but you are what makes this group um, a, a, a living, creating, creative thing. Um, besides the um, besides the monthly calls, you also get access to a private online group where you can be in communication and learning from all of your sensitive, creative new friends. There's also quite a library of private resources for you, which includes some past workshops that I've taught. Um, just lots of resources for you to dig through and, and get started. This membership also, if you stay in it through several months, includes a lot of my very basic tools that I've sold for hundreds of dollars in the past. But um, as Heidi said, we want to get these tools out to millions of highly sensitive people. And so we're doing that through this membership group. So those are the basic tools to teach you how to manage your subtle body, your energy body, in a way that allows you to detach from the emotions and energy of other people, learn to um, have protection and really stay centered and grounded um, within your space. There's another option um, that is in addition to the monthly membership that uh, you can add on or purchase, which gives you one-on-one -on -one access to Heidi and I through our monthly office hours and a one-on-one -on -one daily link to um, either one of us through an encrypted, uh, an encrypted texting platform. So, our, my vision for this group is to create this really safe, interactive space where we can learn from each other, learn the tools we need to thrive so that we can feel more confident and supported in our pioneering journey. And so Heidi, can you add a bit about your vision for this group? Because people are getting both of us, which I like. <laughs> yeah, they get both of us. What's your vision, Heidi? So what I can see from this group is really giving people a foundation to set themselves up so you are emotionally and energetically setting yourself for it, setting your tone for the day. And then through like our, the spiritual growth and the paths that we're on, you know, every time that I reach a new level, it's like, okay, like, how do I hold this vibration? Like, how do I maintain this new level of being in my life? And this is a group that we're going to be doing it together. It's not like, okay, we're going to give you information and like, have a good time, like, you know, in your home by yourself. Like, this is the first time where it's like, okay, like, let's, you know, open up this whole new world where it's, it's special, it's sacred, it's like this warm, yummy bath that you can come and just douse yourself in when needed, um, where you can be related to and understood and have things that you can't necessarily get in a normal community. And I don't want to say normal, like, you know, we're all, whatever normal means, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but having a special environment in place, um, and especially doing it together, it's like, I know that I can do anything by myself, but I know that I can do it and I can get so much further and reach out to so many more people doing this together. And I know I don't have all the answers. And this is what's been so fun working with Anna is that we could collaborate together and bring two perspectives together and, you know, share all of this information with you. So it's going to be really Yes. Fun. 
And thank you, Heidi. And what's so great about that last thing you said is that Heidi and I don't have all the answers either. And that's the other reason that we're creating this group so that we can all learn from each other because we really are stronger together. And together is how we really rise up into this, uh, you know, pioneering place that we're in. So if you're interested in this group, you can head over to my website at sensitivityuncensored.com. And the page is at sensitivityuncensored.com backslash refuge dash sacred dash rebellion. And there is a sign up. The group is happening starting January. We've got our first call in a couple of weeks and we're just going to get the ball rolling. So we would love to have you as part of that. And we're going to wrap up our first podcast of this soul of sensitivity. And for this last little bit, I'd like to ask you, Heidi, for all of our sensitive listeners out there, what is one thing you would like them to know? I would say that anything is possible if you're ready for that next step and you're not alone in this. Like, we totally have your back. I think of us as like the little fairy godmothers that are like, hey, let's lock our arms and you know, do this together. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time for this podcast today, Heidi. Thank you so much. All right, take gentle care. Bye. For information on everything shared here, including show notes and links, visit www.sensitivityuncensored.com forward slash soul of sensitivity.